Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Fireteam Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Joining me today is Travis. My clunky. And Paul Tassie. They're over there. Over there. <laughs> C-Team. Brian's not here. <laughs> Brian bailed on us again. Yep. Jeez. Twice C-Team. So. <laughs> on such a big week, too, because we got Season of the Splicer revealed. Uh, there's some weapon and armor changes. Vault of Glass is coming out. But most importantly, Marion, are you ready? There they are in all their glory. And right before recording, they're making a plushie of the babies. Sign up for email notifications. So really, Travis, Paul, this is what the rest of the episode's about. Which baby That's is right. the cutest? Which is your favorite? Travis, you go first. <laughs> Yeah, I don't find babies cute. I especially don't find fallen cute. So fallen babies, it's really just a recipe for me to not be impressed. I give this a 4 out of 10 IGN. Paul, <laughs> tell Travis why he's off the show. <laughs> Who would say that? That's just mean. <laughs> uh all babies are amazing, especially fallen babies, and especially now that we can buy them in plushy form. Um I lost track of the uh, three there, but I think the one on the far right uh, is my favorite. He looks the most menacing, so I'm going to go with him. I want the one, on, the one on the back is the best one. He looks sort of sad, like he needs he needs a good dad to like give him hugs and carry him around the house. And I, just I didn't feel even bad. realize there was one on the back. I didn't. I thought that was just yeah. like a pack. I didn't know there was a fourth it's baby. An extra, no. an extra baby back there. No, this baby. baby. Okay. This fallen kudos, like four babies. You know, I got one little guy and he's a lot of work. So just bravo. Well, good job, mom or dad. But, I actually don't know. <laughs> according to the lore, um, yes. fallen children are raised communally. So that may not be their father. They're raised by the actual um, the group of fallen. Yeah. So it's not oh, necessarily wow. the parent. It's direct yeah. from Bife, which I, I learned this week. So, that's, yeah. a, that's actually really, really cool. I want to know. Because I asked the if they were Mithrax's children. And then he's like, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate lore behind Fallen. Here's the two hour video about Fallen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Bife <laughs> uh, stuff is great. Go watch Bife stuff. And I'm going to go watch that baby video for real. Um, but, but more importantly, Season of the Splicer was announced. Uh, we got a spicy trailer. Travis, tell me everything about Season of the Splicer. What am I yes. looking forward to? Yeah, we're getting a whole bunch of new stuff. We're getting a uh, six person PVE activity. Uh, we're getting the Vault of Glass raid, which is pretty huge. Um, they're redoing the helm space, the war room that we've been in for this uh, past season. It sounds like that's getting a 2.0 revamp. Uh, we'll be going back there for our activities. Um, we're getting a weekly mission called Expunge. It's unclear if that's going to be a sort of like Presage where we repeat it every week or if it's going to be a different kind of like mini uh, quest every week uh, based on the 
uh, roadmap looks like it might be a different quest every week. So um, yeah, lo lots of uh, interesting PVE activity. No new PVP activity from what I can tell, uh, but other than that, it, it looks like a uh, it could be a pretty solid season. So obviously the big highlight is um, you know, Vault of Glass, probably the most beloved uh, raid in all of uh, Destiny. So that's going to be uh, pretty huge. And the pajama outfit. Paul, what was your overall <laughs> reaction to the reveal? Uh, yeah, it was good. I, I like that they're bringing Splicers in without necessarily just doing a SIVA season like everyone kind of thought they might. Uh, I think this is kind of an interesting spin on that concept where we just get Fallen as, as scientists helping us make weapons and stuff. And I think obviously bringing uh, Mithrax, yeah, the, the armor, bringing <laughs> Mithrax uh, into things is cool because everyone has wanted to um, see him for a while. I know he's got an actual voice actor and stuff and he sounds very cool. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I think starting a baseline with a six man uh, PVE activity is a great start for any season. Obviously, I think the most iconic uh, seasonal events, you know, so far have been the six man ones. So season of Dawn and then uh, the Menagerie uh, both had them, and those were very solid. Uh, they too seem to be relying pretty hard on that weekly mission uh, to be kind of the thing that goes on for about five or six weeks. Uh, there's not that much else on the roadmap besides that. Uh, so I am curious to see how that plays out. My guess is that it might be a little like interference where uh, it might have like an intro segment that's the same, and then it rotates through different, yep. you know, virtual Vex space things because. The, the way that what they're showing is like this Tron aesthetic. I've heard that's built, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard it's built on the infinite forest frame. So it, it should be easy to maybe just kind of like mix and match pieces more so than a normal level. So we, maybe we will get kind of changing levels and landscapes uh, as time goes on, which would be cool. Yeah, um, I, I'm really intrigued by it. We got a little bit of dialogue from Ikora Ray. One thing that the trailer did a really good job of is selling the sort of gameplay activities that were going to be going on. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like it gave me a good indication of what the heck we're doing during this season. So thank goodness for Travis's <laughs> run of show notes. The Vex <laughs> have plunged humanity into literal darkness and plan to wipe out humanity. We must work with the fallen Mithrax to hack into the Vex network and stop them. So another design aesthetic thing, and Paul, you were just sort of talking about it uh this does not seem vexy to me this seems more um nine the nine, the nine. Yeah. yeah so so i'm really curious like what is going on there uh narratively and everything H how did you guys feel about it? it seems like you're pretty excited about the content but how do you feel about their delivery of getting us stoked about whatever story beats going to come because we know it's going to focus on ikora we know eight of one's coming back but we didn't, maybe it's good that we don't know a lot. What do you think, Travis? Yeah, I think it, it has potential, but my, I'm, I'm just, I'm curious how far they're gonna go with it because one of the conceits is that the Vex are running a simulation that's caused the sun to not rise over humanity. So does that mean that every planet and location in our solar system is not gonna have like a sun cycle, you know? Like, are we gonna go to the EDZ and it's just gonna be nighttime all the time? Like if they do something crazy like that where all the zones are affected, I can see that being really cool. But if it's just, hey, they made the tower nighttime always, then I'll be like, all right, well, that doesn't really make sense. But uh, so I'm, I'm curious about how they'll, the, what they'll do with that. But, you know, at, at kind of, just like the baseline, I, I think the Vex are one of the more interesting villains in Destiny. Um, they're, they always have really awesome DLCs. They were sort of the main villain of Destiny 1 Vanilla, and uh, us being in Vault of Glass is kind of appropriate given that they're the, the main enemy this one. But you're right, there's something weird about the 
kind of design elements and that sort of thing that we haven't seen before. And so I'm curious, you know, what the heck is going on? And, uh, you know, the pessimistic been playing destiny for seven years side of me wants to say, you know, it's just going to be a series of incongruous activities with like very minimal story, but, uh, you know, they, they kind of surprised us with season of the chosen. They had a really uh, compelling story and I hope that it goes somewhere or maybe plays into this, uh, season and somehow maybe maybe we have cabal allies helping us out with some of the activities i hope that they um they kind of double down on this and it doesn't feel like it's completely detached because my first thought was wow this feels like it has nothing to do with anything that's going on in the story right now um so yeah uh and going on the website really quick to get a little bit more intel here it's a uh... It's here bathed in perpetual moonlight. And then Ikora reveals your ally, Mithrax. And Mithrax is leading a small group of Helsinki who wish to be closer to the Traveler. And obviously that's really, really exciting to learn more about the partnership there. They talk about the helm upgrade. A new chamber overlooking the loading bay has been completed. It is here that the Vanguard will harness new splicer tech and plan their response to the Vex incursion. Hopefully that new expansion allows me to get rid of my umbrals in the tower or allows me to do all the tower stuff in in the helm because nope, that's not gonna happen. Nope. Nope. But <laughs> they are adding they are adding away that from, right now. They are adding away for you to go straight to helm from the destination map. So that's kind of like you don't have to go to saves the tower first. Click, yes. Yeah, saves you yeah. a click. I mean, that's that's really, really good. And then, uh, you know, they talk about Ada One and the synth weave and the new weapons returning. But uh, I want to hear from you, Paul Tassi. What do you think about yeah. the story elements? Um, okay, so I'm looking for an explanation as to why the sun not coming up in a simulation is bad. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't really understand the threat here. Like, okay, if the sun didn't actually come up, like, <laughs> astrologically or whatever... <laughs> Yeah. Astronomically, yeah, there we go. Um, that would clearly be bad. But like, is it getting really cold? <laughs> like, does this somehow hurt the traveler and our light for some reason? Like, I, I don't know if any of that was really made clear just by the initial trailer and uh, what we learned from these, you know, brief summaries. Because like, it 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 struck me as a little weird. Like, I think there are cool elements within the story. Like, I think if we get a really kind of uh, neat exploration into Mithrax as a character and maybe some more Ikora stuff, even if uh, her voice actress is recast. I think that has the framework for a good story, but from what's being presented so far, the whole, like, Vex is making the sun not come up thing struck me as a very strange threat. I don't really, yeah. like, it's, it's like a worse version of the Almighty crashing into the tower, because, like, that at least you're like, okay, a ship crashing into the tower would be very bad even if this kind of seems out of nowhere but we'll go with it whereas this is like I, I don't really get it um i do wonder if this is tying into more stuff than we think if this could be a way to introduce kira at long last the vex savathun taken mind or whatever it is uh so if that ends up being the case that could actually pre uh, present some really cool vex based story stuff um i think it is a little hard for the vex to have a ton of, of really coherent story stuff, just given that they're this eternal, immortal race of a connected life force kind of thing, where it's like, it's just a little harder to kind of explore them, maybe like we've explored the Cabal and Fallen and Hive over the years. So I, I'll be curious to see how they try and do that to a certain extent. 
Fair. Maybe fair. they just felt obligated to uh, put this in as an arc because they had Season of the Dawn, and this is Season of the Dusk. You know, they now we have to deal with it being nighttime. I'm in full time. circle and <laughs> sunsetting the sun and all those fun things. So. I, I will say a small thing on the roadmap. I do appreciate that there's an epilogue, August 10th, that it's on the map, and that is like our end date. It kind of like mm -hmm. lets you know, because that's something I was wondering about this season. I'm like, is there going to be a thing before it ends? And there sort of was this week. It's the crown room was open. You know, we were able to see. Well, there's the, a thing happening in like an hour that we don't really yeah. even know what it is. <laughs> and but, that too. But the, the closing ceremony, like, I wonder if this could be like when the sun gets... Like we're we're supposed to have some celebration for Guardian Games, and then all of a sudden the sun disappears. And I don't know. I'm not going to get my hopes up, but <laughs> get get hype, Paul. Come on, we'll we'll talk mm, about that more in the next hyped. episode. <laughs> and then uh, the really exciting thing is the new aspect quest for uh, your stasis ability. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, the override mission, though, Paul. I'd love to hear your take on this. Uh, do you think this is going to be like the weekly missions that we've been doing now, where we go kill? one of Keitel's crew, or do you think it's going to be more like a presage quest? Um, I bet it'll be more. So the, the override one is the six man. So I think that will be more toward the lines of like a battle battlegrounds type thing, just with six people and probably with more different, you know, maybe objective based things. I'm, I'm hoping that they are able to implement the new, like, uh, enemy density system that they clearly did with the cabal with the yeah. Vex, uh, because that was the coolest thing about Battlegrounds. Like the, the main problem with Battlegrounds was like that the farming loop itself was terrible. So if they could fix that and make the farming loop uh, for override missions actually fun and not as taxing and awful, um, if they can combine that with elements of Battlegrounds they've already done, I think that would be great. So we'll, we'll see. Fair point. Travis, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it'll probably be closer to Presage, although it's kind of hard to say because on the roadmap, it really makes it look like they're each going to be their own unique thing. They each have like well, a you're different... talking about, are you talking about Override or are you talking about Expunge? Those I'm talking about Expunge. Things. Yeah, but it, okay. yeah, so the Override one, like it, to me, okay, cool. We're probably going to be standing on plates or throwing balls or something or dunking, <laughs> dunking orbs or whatever. Like I get it. Like it's, it's going to be that we're, we're going to have to play that over and over again. But the thing that's kind of more exciting to me, and I think you asked earlier, uh, is is what is expunge going to be? Is it or the weekly replayable mission? Is that going to be uh, kind of like a presage? And my my first instinct is that it might be more like um, season of arrivals, where we had like that weekly mission where kind of the bones of what we did at, in the middle were, was a little different, but it was sort of just like a slowly kind of dripping some of the story uh, along. I, I think it might be similar to that. Hopefully, it's a little bit more impactful because those really did get. Kind of repetitive after a while but that's my that's my initial uh thoughts i i really hope that we get like something like presage because i think that that activity really helped keep this season alive um and i'm not sure if part of the reason it did that is because we didn't know it was coming it was kind of like an extra surprise that got dropped in our lap that had a new exotic attached to it that was a farmable exotic um so yeah I, i'm i'm interested to see how they do that and i think that that weekly repeatable mission is going to be it's kind of it's kind of kind of make or break this season is my thinking. It it was really good. It was it was out of the blue. It was challenging. You could solo it if you want to. Oh, I can still solo the normal. I I couldn't solo the timed one, but like I really really like that it just kind of came out of nowhere. It has all these collectibles. It has all this lore tied to the mission. There was a there was a reason to do it every week, or at least for the first three weeks if you wanted the story. And now fifteen weeks later, there's actually this big 
hit at the end that gets us something cool, right? So I definitely hope they have more stuff like that because it gets two big thumbs up from me for sure. Uh, moving on, we also have to talk about weapons and armor. There's a whole bunch of returning weapons coming along the way. We haven't talked about armor synthesis or anything. Uh, so basically, there's 30 new and returning weapons, including Cryothesia 77K, a new exotic sidearm that freezes enemies with stasis. Some D1 favorites like Hung Jury, that's the one going around right now. Null Composure, a fusion rifle that seems to be the pinnacle weapon this season. A few new dope armor sets, according to, <laughs> to Travis's notes here. <laughs> Star Eater Scales, exotic hunter boots were revealed. Uh, the Path of Burning Steps, exotic Titan boots, and Boots of the Assembler, exotic Warlock boots. Travis, why don't you tell me a little bit about the exotics and what each of them does? Yeah, uh, so the Hunter one is probably the most vague and like I'm wondering what it actually does. If I'm recalling correctly, theirs is the one where it says that they uh, get their super faster when they pick up orbs and it also makes their super more potent. But I don't know what that means. Like, are they going to get damage buffs or does it last longer? Um, that's kind of the question there. The Titan one is really interesting in that it makes solar damage... I think solar subclass damage uh, types, they output more damage and it also makes it easier for them to shake off stasis. So this is like huge. It could be amazing in PvP if Titans have a way to kind of break out of stasis faster than other players or be less slowed by, by slow powers or something like that. Um, I really like that they're also creating count. They're starting to create counters in the game to stasis because I think that's going to be really important as stasis continues to get debuffed so that it's not, you know, the only uh, viable way to, to play the game in PvP. Um, so I'm excited for that. And then the Warlock one, I'm gonna have to look at my notes here because I don't actually remember what it does. Uh, it converts the rift into something. The rift. That's right. Yeah, healing it, it, it condenses a, a it condenses a warlock rift or empowering energies into projectiles that seek out their allies to bless them with noble benefits. So it sounds like it's it like kind Lumina. of. Yeah, it kind of it turns the pool into like a, a one of their spark turrets, except for it, it attacks your enemy, your allies, and, and empowers them. So well, I could imagine uh, that, that could be useful. Like good if you're constantly yeah. being healed or buffed by your teammates. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what do you have to give up to get that boost? Right? Like, are you going to give up? Geomag, you give up your exotic like, slot at the very least. Yeah, yeah Ge Geomag's quite powerful right now. Yeah. If you if you you know do the build properly, so it's going to be really really interesting to see where this one lands. And I would love to see more passive items get some love and attention. Paul, what do you think about the the new exotics? Is it one that you're particularly excited about or interested in? I I think I'm the most interested to see what you know shrugging off stasis means for the Titan because that could be potentially game changing. And like, if it is so effective that you just keep running into it, that might decrease stasis usage overall. If you're just sick of running in <laughs> to Titans that are like immune to your stasis attacks or whatever. Uh, I am curious about the Hunter one too. Um, what the, what the collecting orbs to buff your super means Hunter outside of like celestial golden gun Hunter is not exactly the, uh, PVE damage class for supers. So if this is something, cause like, you know, Titans just got thunder crash, which was a huge, you know, kind of single target buff to a super that never um, had it before. So if that could be used to suddenly make, uh, you know, an unexpected super viable for DPS, I would be pretty, you know, excited to see that. Yeah, it could be, it could be sort of an ag clear play with your uh, shards 
like it could be you pop your your void roaming super edger hunter and you you know you take out all the mini ads or something like that but you're right it, it's hard when you have a dps king with a class where i believe that's golden gun right now for hunters yeah it, it's gonna, gonna be hard to just give up that slot but maybe it'll well, work i like that it applies to all supers though like the potential is there to like mm -hmm. you know make two or three supers potentially viable depending on how big the buff is um yeah so that's that's a cool you know way to potentially interpret that yeah and then well, we the, remember uh, what it did for we remember what the boots did for tether <laughs> there for a yeah. long time right yeah true mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna say and then the exotic sidearm i think we shouldn't overlook as well because this is a uh <laughs> you know primary weapon that now can freeze people which it looked like in the trailer, you do have to get a kill or two before it actually works. Like maybe it's actually going to be hard to use in PvP. But either way, you know, it's a you don't have to get special ammo. You don't have to pick up heavy ammo. You can just freeze somebody with a, a weapon. My, that my you guess to. is yeah. that they are smart enough to not to design this in a way where it will probably be really hard to make it work in PvP. So like maybe it's like multi kill clip, like reloading after a multi kill, your first shot will freeze. A target or something which yep. is a situation that probably will not come up that often in pvp so i know it looks scary but i have to believe that they would know not to just like hey just charge the trigger to freeze somebody like yeah i'm with you it's gonna be like that and the trailer actually made it look complicated somehow they made it look like i think whoever edited that was well, like don't make it look, look like yeah yeah <laughs> don't make it look like you can just instantly freeze someone because the community yeah. will freak out like they showed a bunch of steps so uh yeah I, i'm with you i don't think it'll be that bad paul what about the returning favorites like hung jury i mean with the, the random rolls i can't imagine it's okay. gonna be like god tier like it wasn't yeah one, the, I, what do you I, think? I, like People see Hung Jury and they just go nuts. Like Hung Jury is like, I think second only to Gallerhorn in terms of like how nuts it makes people go. Um, I really liked Hung Jury too. Don't get me wrong. Like, but the God roll back then was like a triple tap Firefly and like put triple tap and Dragonfly on a scout right now. And like, how's that going to feel? Probably not great. So either this has to be something where like Hung Jury just has like nuts internal stats so like you get it in the nightfall and it's just it's above and beyond most other scouts because there's no scout buff coming that we know about yeah. uh, or it has like something like actual firefly in its perk pool um which right mm -hmm. now i think is only on ace so if that is like one specific uh scout that can roll with firefly that would really elevate it and yeah maybe maybe it can reclaim its former glory but if nothing has changed and it's just another scout like i did like scouts are just are in like kind of a meh place right now outside of like dead man's tail so i it's hard to get excited until we know what it's actually bringing to the table and how it actually performs um it it's very cool like i don't even remember the name of the other two weapons that they also brought these other legends because hung jury is just like above and beyond them but um it, it's it's gonna take something kind of special to make it stand out if they're not just like kind of buffing fusion uh uh scout rifles more generally because otherwise i i think people are going to be a little let down about it but this season we're also supposed to get fatebringer back so it's it seems like you're bringing fatebringer back you're bringing hung jury back both of those at firefly as a very important perk to them uh joe gogra uh joe <laughs> joe gogra joe blackburn tweeted a long time ago uh that a, a fly perk was coming back in the future seems like this would be the season. So uh, we might have both Firefly and Dragonfly going forward, which would be a little strange, but I am all for that. We'll see. Travis, any thoughts on these returning weapons? Are you stoked? Are you going to get your Hung yeah. Jury God roll? 
Yeah, I'm I'm really stoked about this, mostly because it's been a it's been quite a long time since we've we had what felt like a full uh weapons refresh. And this sort of feels like a mini refresh. Like we're getting 30 weapons, we're getting vault of glass weapons, some D1 weapons, we're getting new exotics, like shaking up the sandbox as a PvP main, since I'm not getting crucible maps or new game modes or really anything to that to tell that tells me that Bungie wants You're getting to keep momentum playing control the game. back. So there you go. Yeah, I'm getting momentum control back. And uh, what was the other Be one? Grateful. The, the, the Scorch Cannon one. Um, yeah. So, but you know, since I'm not getting that stuff from this game right now, the most that I could really hope for is uh, Sandbox getting shaken up, right? And so this is that. This is like an opportunity for, uh, and you know, we're not going to talk about this today because there's just so much to go over, but there's, a ton of buffs and debuffs happening in the uh, sandbox that I think will shake things up even further. So I'm just excited for, you know, Crucible to be a little bit different and to have new weapons in there and uh, new stuff that people are using. Cause uh, I think we've all in the PVB com community sort of seen enough of bottom dollar and you know, all the other things that we've, we've been uh, fighting against this season. So. Yeah. Bottom dollar is great. Thanks for that one. <laughs> Steady infill winter. Fun yeah. game, uh, well, all the all the new gear looks cool. I definitely want to uh, retrace our steps here. And Paul, I know you're the destiny king on this show. <laughs> I think, uh, but the Ada One coming back. Basically, they sort of showed Ada One. She has this new uh, synth weave layer. Basically, I assume it's going to be probably in the same place in the tower. That's really really cool. But they also have this microtransaction thing that a lot of people are upset about. How are you feeling about it? the week before launch? I mean, it, it seemed too close to launch for them to reasonably change anything uh, completely. And they have changed nothing as far as we know. So we are going into it with this kind of experimental 20 items per character thing. It, it kind of depends. I mean, we, we don't know how long it's going to take. Uh, the problem is, is like, if it's too short, you're going to hit the cap really fast. And then people are going to be complaining about the cap again. If it's too long, people are going to complain that the grind is just too arduous for something that many people believe should just be an instant switchover. So <laughs> it's kind of a fine line to walk. And I am more in favor of an uncapped short grind for individual pieces. Um, but we, we just got to see how the cap thing works. I don't really believe in paying $10 or whatever it is for uh, a full armor set transmogs. Like it's hard, like given how much I play the game, it's hard for me to kind of envision uh, a situation where I would do that instead of just um, grinding it out normally. But, and if I keep bumping into the cap, I, I'm mostly just going to be mad. I don't think it's going to drive me to spend money. So my, my theory is that they might raise the cap for uh, following seasons. But uh, for now, I, I think they're just going to see how it goes. And they want to get like data about how many people actually hit the cap, how many people spend silver, blah, blah, blah. So Nothing's changing, and the outcry pretty much has died down to a certain extent for now. Everyone's distracted by Baby Fallen and the actual season and all that stuff. So, you know, it's a controversy a day in, in the Destiny community, but that was a very kind of forceful one when it hit. So I, I was surprised to see pretty much no communication at all about that, other than, like, your usual, we hear you. So yep. see what happens. That'll probably be one of the first things I start doing uh, when the season hits. So I will, I will let you guys know how long that takes. Yeah, me too. Like, I, I just would have loved to hear them address it. You know, like we heard from the community, we're looking at it or just anything really. And it felt like that kind of fell silent after the big hubbub sort of last week. Well, for me, I'm just like, well, how bad is that grind going to be? Right. Am I even going to get to all 20 or have they created a grind that's just 
not really fun, not interesting. And I just get my five and I'm like, that's enough for me. You know, like I'm, I'm done after that. T time will tell. One of the other big staples returning though is Vault of Glass. And are you interested to rerun this? Uh, or is, or just generally speaking, is there anything else standing out to you about this season? Because for me, I'm just like, okay, it's Vault of Glass. I'm, I'll run that eventually, but I'm not, I'm not super stoked because I've done that. Like I've conquered the Vault of Glass. It was the raid that I did flawless. And I'm really curious to see how you guys are feeling about the, this raid returning. Like, is it an exciting, is it an exciting note for you? Travis, we can start with you. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, mostly because I think Destiny's, um, you know, Destiny 2's raid game has really dropped down since we stopped getting them, you know, every other season and they took a whole bunch out. Um, and I think we need this. And the other thing is that it's going to be very different. Like they're, they're modifying this, this Vault of Glass run to be very kind of specific for the current Destiny 2 sandbox. So that'll be fun. Um, you know, there will be people who've never played it because they didn't play D1. I know lots of players that, that never played D1 or, you know, they did. And Vault of Glass was sort of, you know, way in the past and, and they never actually ran it. Uh, so I think that'll be cool. Um, and obviously the loop pool coming back, like Fatebringer is huge. Am I going to be sad that I don't get to use uh, Icebreaker during the Oracle's encounter? Yeah, a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm also really just like Vex Mythoclast, I think was one of the first exotics that I got to drop. I think it dropped on like my my very first Vault of Glass run, it, it, which never happens to me. I have terrible luck with exotics. And you took uh, it in the PvP and you were one of the I monsters. I did. I you, was nasty, dude. That like, like, that, that like, however long it took them to patch it, I think it was like at least a month. Like, and, and auto rifles were also super overpowered, which the Vex class for whatever reason counted as an auto rifle. It was disgusting, dude. I was just melting people. So I have really good memories with Vex uh, Mythoclast, and I hope that uh, it has a place in the in the meta. I would I would absolutely love that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited, man. Like I, I'll you know, obviously it's not as as fun or glamorous as like a brand new raid, but. Uh, it has a special place in the community's heart and I'm excited to see kind of what they've done with it. And they've got the new challenges coming out, which should be fun. So the, for the world first thing and, and all that. So um, I'm excited to see what that's like too. To me, it seems like a no brainer opportunity to, to loop in with the Vex story being told this season, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. I hope I'm wrong on that. Paul, what do you think about Vault of Glass coming back? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I'm all the way too excited, but I, I think it's, it is something the game needs. Uh, it, it does kind of, it, it's a little rough to wait a full year for new raids every time. So to get one that's kind of cheating, like it's kind of an interim one and it is uh, one we've already done, but it's, you know, kind of the most classic raid of all time. So people are going to be happy about that. Uh, and also importantly, it is a free to play raid as far as I know, uh, meaning they took away all the free raids uh, when they did the content vault. So now, uh, you know, free players have a the ability to kind of go into what, what we don't know how much it's changing, but obviously you could maybe consider it a starter raid because it was one of the first uh, ones they'd ever done. And if you're a free to play Destiny player at present, I am guessing you there's a 80% chance that you weren't a Destiny 1 Vault of Glass player in the first place. Uh, you may have gotten into the series later as it's kind of expanded. So as Travis said, this will be new for a lot of people. Um, I'm curious to see how they change the encounters. I think um, bringing Mythoclast back will feel very cool. I, I'm a little un, like less sure about um, the weapons and armor because this was an era of the game where like raid weapons and armor were not like 
really stylized. Like they were like Vex colored. That was like about it, but they weren't really t like themed to the raid. So I, I do wonder if they're going to come back as kind of exactly how they were. And then also, you know, we're in a different era of the game completely. And like we have sort of had Fatebringer equivalents, like the exact same archetype, the exact same perks almost, you know, you know, two or three times over at this point with, with past hand cannons or the same goes for a lot of those other weapons. So I do wonder if they're going to um, try to evolve those in a way that they will feel as meaningful as those weapons did at the time. Because if it's just pure nostalgia and they don't really update them, I think it's you're going to have a lot of current weapons that just outclass those, and you're not going to use the raid weapons just for nostalgia's sake alone. So that's the one thing I'm, I'm really kind of interested in to see how they update uh, the loot the loot tables or donate up uh, don't update them at all. So yeah, Praetor was so, one of my favorite sniper rifles, for example. But in Destiny Two, that archetype it's probably not going to be like the meta. I have other snipers that are really really good, and then like yeah, Fatebringer coming back is great, but we have other weapons that fill that need you know but one of the things that you have here on your show notes travis that i do think is a good point is the world first event race i think it's really really interesting how they're handling it why don't you tell people what's going on there yeah so they've got this new version of vault of glass and they're asking uh world first participants to race to the finish line there and then once you complete it you unlock a separate version of the raid that's like a challenge mode um and it basically gives you fail states unless you complete the additional challenge at each step so it's like a separate run of the uh the vault of glass so you're you're basically gonna have to run through it twice one where it'll probably feel pretty similar to uh destiny one is my my uh guess since they're even bothering putting that in the game at all right like that's part of the world first is you have to run it uh and then there will be a a probably like remixed version or one where you have to do uh, crazy stuff and i don't know where you guys stand on this but i'm i'm like a fan of them especially with the extra challenge mode just like completely you know throwing the baby out with the bathwater and like and changing a whole bunch of stuff like i had proposed that you know instead of the uh the hydra during the uh the first boss encounter uh the templar i think it was called uh, instead of putting the hydra there because it's sort of just like a floating target for you to shoot at that they should they should like maybe put like a wyvern there or or as the community leveling lovingly calls it a thydra um that that's running around and uh, stomping on people with their uh, giant beefy vex legs so i i hope that they do some weird stuff man because i i think it would be cool to just have you know the the kind of vanilla classic version and then just a crazy version that mixes things up and and is fun and interesting well i did the raid race on every raid until they brought back the original <laughs> so i'm sitting out this one but i am excited to watch from the sidelines and uh, cheer on those racing to the finish line uh what else did we have here we had some general notes nav mode and guardian games coming to a close um i, th I think guardian games we're going to find out about after the show airs so we might talk about that next week i personally yeah. don't care at all about guardian games i didn't last time i don't really this yeah time. um but I don't mean to poo-poo on it. It's it's like an event to do near the end of the season. So kudos to Bungie for at least coming up with something for the community to work towards and sort of have fun with, right? But uh, yeah. what's the what's the nav mode note? And then we'll do Bungie, please. Yeah, the nav mode. Um, so when you bring out your ghost and on the side, the kind of the side oh, grid, yes. they have um, the, those little quests. They're updating that so that you can track a lot more. You can track triumphs and bounties and mission steps, and then you can... Uh, it looks like through the D-pad kind of toggle between which ones are showing. So I think this will save people 
uh, a few steps of like going and looking at bounties in one place and missions in another and triumphs in another, and they can sort of mark the ones they care about and add them to like their little uh, nav view. Uh, so, you know, it's not like the biggest news. Didn't in the they world, say it was think... replacing tracking bounties? Is it? So I thought, it... I thought in the swab, it said it was replacing tracking bounties and it was just going to show bounties there. I don't know. Maybe I misread that. That was why I was confused though. It was because they, they, in the demo video, the, the guy's in a crucible match and he's got three crucible bounties and it's also showing three Vanguard bounties under it. Yeah. There's only six total. And I'm like, how is this going to work if you have, you know, a lot more bounties than that, which everybody does. So I, that kind yeah. of raised more questions than answers yeah. for me. Bounties are there in the example video. So basically it goes through track quests, the scoreboard and uh, bounties. So they'll just be there. Which is nice yeah. because like if you're working towards completing a bounty, it is nice to just see it there and be like, how many more headshots do I need to finish that bounty? You know, or how many more grenade launcher yep. kills? Yeah, wait, all there. bounties now appear in a nav mode. They can no longer be tracked as a result. So all bounties like appear in nav mode? Yeah, actually, that's kind of a crazy change. How is that going to work? So okay. maybe it'll be the same way it is now or that side panel because they're kind of, the bounties are already on the like side a panel. a list of 40. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be it'll be that thing and then you can D-pad through it, you know, just like you do in your current uh, version, except it I will I don't be, love that. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of fugly. I, but, I'll, I'll yeah. see how it works, I guess, but I yeah, have we'll questions. See. <laughs> how do you turn them in is my question because usually you can scroll over and click A. Well, like I think we still, have, we still have them. the actual bounty screen. It's just that you can't track them from that anymore. Like, I see what so you're there'll still be the list where it is now with the quests, but... Why would they maybe be like no more tracking of all the things that they have to take out? Like, why would yeah. that take up like too much yeah, memory or whatever? This, and they're like, yeah, we, we're not going to do that change. anymore. Maybe it was confusing. I don't know. But anyway, uh, for Bungie, please, this week, I'll throw it to you, Paul. Paul, do you have one okay. ready? Yeah, I just came up with one because I've been playing so much Outriders. Uh, Bungie, please have the little Outriders button. It's this tiny square in the bottom of the screen right here that you can select all blues at once and then with one button, delete all of them. So if I can't persuade you to stop giving us blues, period, uh, at least have one button we can press to delete all the blues at once uh, because this is like the greatest thing in Outrider's inventory management system, which is like otherwise just okay. So please do that. <laughs> Travis, what do you got? I've got a great Bungie, please, uh, because it's, it's so asinine. Um, Bungie, please explain to me why you moved the chest that appears at the end of the Devil's Lair strike. In Destiny 1, the chest appeared at the boss spawn point at the front of the room, and then you guys moved it to the back of the room near the entrance when you reprised it in Destiny 2. And so now I run down into the pit to claim my loot after doing that strike, and then the chest isn't there, and then I see my teammates are back at the entrance, and then I have to run up and claim it. And it just feels like a cruel joke you played on us old D1 players. So I, I, I please, you have to tell me why you did that. That's, that's, that's hilarious. Like, I have been doing that, like, instinctively, like, almost every time, and I didn't really understand why. Like, the boss dies over there, I just kind of run toward it, and then I'm like, oh, yeah. right, the chest is over But, like, 
I didn't even realize until now that that's where the chest used to spawn. I guess yep. it's just ingrained into my DNA now that, <laughs> that I ran that so many times in D1. Yeah, it took me forever to redo that strike because I don't play strikes very often, but I did it for Guardian games and it was like blowing my mind. I was like, oh my God, like I, I like, why did they do that to me? It feels like they did it to, to make me upset, <laughs> like specifically. So uh, that's my Bungie, please. That's very uh, specific. <laughs> I got a Bungie, please, and I think it's doable. I just want a HUDless mode that also lowers your, your weapon. Like, just give me a clean HUDless mm. mode. It's going to help with user movies. It's going to help people make content around Destiny. And it feels like it's doable, right? Because we can already glitch the with Geomags, just glitch the Warlock super. You cast your super, then you switch your super, and then your arms are down, so you have this really clean HUDless view. And I just think for content creators around Destiny, that would be a really, really cool thing that Bungie seemingly would be able to do. Like, sure, just let me just be able to be murdered immediately whatever in destiny but just let me put my arms down that's all <laughs> like somehow that's my i can't wait for the, the pacifists uh playthroughs of like esoteric <laughs> like yeah. no gun <laughs> no no grenades uh no gun hubless yeah <laughs> that's a good bungee please That'd be really great. That's all that we is got. good, though, generally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all we got for this week. Travis, Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Travis, you don't really have a, a thing, but Paul, you got a thing. Where can people find you your stuff? Thing. <laughs> Travis has an actual job. Yeah, um, Travis has a real job. Yeah, uh, I'm at Paul Tassie on Twitter. You can uh, also find me on YouTube. I'm making daily uh, Destiny and other looter videos every day. And then I also write a ton of articles at Forbes. So and you can find me there. And I actually do have a thing. You can find yeah, me at the Iron Lords Trump. podcast that you're on every week. <laughs> I've, oh, been, yeah, I've been yeah. on it's it a like few a weeks guy. in a row. No, <laughs> uh, no. You can find me at Tiger Travis on Twitter. And I did an IGN exclusive preview of a uh, remaster, uh, Alex Kidd and Miracle World, that uh, went live yesterday. So you can see that on YouTube or IGN.com today. And I'm also doing IGN's review for a video game called Hood Outlaws and Legends, which is like a Robin Hood heist four-player co-op game that's actually pretty fun so far so you can look for that review uh next week that's what cool. i'm doing well thank you guys for joining us yes, we're going to be back next week to talk about whatever's happening shortly uh whatever happens at launch week and we're going to go over it all with you so thank you so much for watching everybody that's it for this episode until next time guardians, guardians out, out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.